welcome to yet another episode of the Whiskey Noobs podcast. I don't have a title in mind for this one yet, but it's going to be something along the lines of your favorite whiskeys. And that is because this episode is going to be dedicated to the listeners' favorite whiskeys that we haven't had on the show yet. So you might have seen this on Instagram over the course of the past week and a half or so, um, a post on my story asking for your favorites that we have not had on the show yet, your favorite whiskeys um, that you enjoy but we haven't had sponsored or featured on the show, not sponsored, <laughs> I wish sponsored, uh, but featured on the show yet. And that's because, you know, I wanted to take a minute because it takes a long time to get through all of the staples and all of everybody's favorites. So I wanted to take a minute to address everybody's favorites who responded to that story on Instagram, uh, just so that people who are listening who want to try them and think they sound interesting can give them a try uh, without having to wait around for them to come up on the whiskey list, kind of introduce you to them. And if they sound good, if the flavors sound good, uh, then you can go ahead and try it and then you don't have to wait until it comes on the whiskey list if it ever does just because it takes a very long time to get through whiskeys on the whiskey list. So I'm going to run through each of the responses that we got um, on the Instagram and talk about them, what type of whiskey they are, and if the website shares notes, what kind of notes they say to expect. That way everybody gets a, a quick look at everybody else's favorites and you can have an idea whether you should try them or not. Also, since this is not a review episode where I'm reviewing one specific whiskey, normally I would do a mini review of a mystery whiskey, but instead, it's been a while, and I think it's finally time to review the Infinity Bottle again. So I'm going to be drinking that throughout this episode, tasting it, seeing what I taste and what I think about it, and then at the end, I will give a review of it, but I'm waiting until the end. Uh, because I want to ha have a chance to see what I think about it. I just sat down, I just poured a glass, and I want to see what I think about it over the course of the next 20 minutes to half hour or so, however long this takes. But as a reminder about the Infinity Bottle, it has in it right now Rebel Bourbon, which was Rebel Yell when we started, Tullamore Dew, Russell's Reserve 10-year, Red Breast 12-year, that's an Irish whiskey, Buffalo Trace Bourbon, Glen Morangier, Glen Morangy 10-year, which is a scotch, Lafroig 10-year, which is a peated scotch, Heaven's Door Tennessee Bourbon, Basil Hayden's 10-year rye, Monkey Shoulder, which is a scotch, Four Roses Single Barrel, and Four Roses the Normal Bourbon. I can't remember if I put both in there or not. I think I did. Uh, Crown Royal, Jameson, Sun Tory Whiskey Toki, Wild Turkey 101, Bullet Bourbon, and Glenfiddich 12 Year. So it is getting crowded in our Infinity Bottle. And I'm excited to go through and review this and see what I'm tasting in it. I don't know if anybody on the whiskey list has been putting together this Infinity Bottle as well or a similar one. Um, but hopefully... If you have, hopefully it's exciting for you, but if not, hopefully this will still be exciting for you guys because this is everything that we've tasted on the show so far. So I'm going to take a sip of it now, but I am going to wait, as I said, until the end of the episode to review it. Okay, a little preview. There, there are a couple interesting things going on, so it's certainly not a boring glass of whiskey. <laughs> That's without a doubt. 
Uh, but before we get to the full review of that, I want to run through everybody's favorite whiskey who responded. If you did respond to the Instagram, thank you so much for your responses. You guys are giving me things that I can talk about and giving me whiskeys that I can share with the other noobs who are listening to this show. That way they can try your favorites because if you're new to whiskey and this is your favorite, then uh, somebody else who's new to whiskey is probably going to like it too. And that is, that's the whole idea behind this episode. So I'm definitely excited to spread this information for everybody. So starting off, we have Glen Livet 12. The person who submitted this said, it's a classic scotch that's easy to drink regularly, and I love the nose that it has. So Glen Livet 12, I looked up just on their website. Oh, it's making me put in my birthday again. I already did. I hate that so much. Okay, got my birthday in now. Uh, it's a 12-year-old single malt scotch whiskey from the Speyside region of Scotland. It's matured in European oak and American oak casks. The color is bright, vibrant gold, according to the website. The nose is fruity and summery. The palate is well-balanced and fruity with strong pineapple notes. The flavor is delicately balanced with strong pineapple notes once again. Uh, and it says to enjoy with seared scallops. Well, they even put a pairing on there. And then it says the finish is long, creamy, and smooth. Now, I did actually just have a glass of Glenlivet 12 year probably a month ago. Has it been a whole month? Probably about a month ago. Uh, and I can vouch for these notes. I was actually um, with a bunch of other people at the time, so I didn't really have time to focus too much on it. I was in the middle of a conversation. Um, but I did have a glass of it, and I like the, I don't know about pineapple necessarily, uh, notes that it says the palate has, but just the light fruitiness of it, it definitely has those sorts of notes. It's nice and light, it's fruity, it's not heavy, um, still has decent body for how light it is, if I remember correctly, uh, but I, I, those notes definitely sound accurate to me. I think they're accurate. Uh, and once again, light, smooth, fruity. I totally agree with this listener. This is a solid, solid uh, scotch. So if you think that you might have a palate for scotch, especially the single malts that we've had on the show so far, um, it's going to be a little bit different than anything that we've had. If I recall correctly, it'll probably compare, it, it'd probably be between like the Monkey Shoulder and maybe the Glenfiddich. Uh, but it's, it's, Got that that malt flavor, but it is different from either of those two. So uh, if you think you might like that, I recommend you try it. And once again, thank you to this listener for recommending it. Um, I think that's a solid choice for anybody who uh, is enjoying the scotches that we've had so far on the show. The next one, so this listener actually submitted two. Uh, this person said Pendleton's or Town Branch Rye. So Pendleton's uh, we will be having on the show, so I'm not going to bother to run through all of that right now because there will be an episode coming up with Pendleton's in it. For Town Branch Rye, I did look that one up. I have not had Town Branch Rye, um, but I am excited to someday try it. I, it is on my list of ones that I want to try without a doubt. Uh, it is made by Lexington Brewing and Distilling Company, and on their website, they got a pretty interesting marketing scheme for this. Uh, they start off making it sound like this was George Washington's whiskey, um, but I'll just read the whole paragraph to you guys. <laughs> Distilled by our nation's first president, George Washington, at Mount Vernon, and the most popular whiskey until Prohibition, rye whiskey, so they're not talking about their whiskey, they're talking about rye whiskey, which was clever, is being revived with Town Branch Rye, a style of whiskey with a history as rich as its flavor. 
So this is supposed to be a pretty good rye whiskey. It's 50% alcohol by volume. Oh my goodness, I didn't even say how strong the Glenlivet is. They actually don't make it very apparent on their website. Uh, it's not like up front and center like it normally is. But it, the Glenlivet is 40% alcohol by volume. Sorry about that. Back to the Town Branch rye. It is 50% alcohol by volume uh, or 100 proof. They list both. The mash bill, they actually give you the mash bill, which is nice. 55% rye, 30% corn, and 15% malted barley. As far as tasting notes go, they say spicy floral aroma, light notes of vanilla and oak, peppery warm, dry finish. I Usually a rye is going to have a dry finish. Um, a 50% rye is most likely going to be dry. Um, spicy floral aroma sounds pretty characteristic of a rye. Definitely the spiciness, so the floral uh, could add some pretty cool complexities to go with that spice. And then light notes of vanilla and oak. That all sounds like something that I'd most definitely like to try. So uh, I will have to for sure get myself a bottle of this. Once again, they mention pairing suggestions with it, which is so neat. Strong roasted meats or grilled steaks, Parmesan cheese, and sweeter desserts to balance the spice of the rye. That sounds great to me. A glass of whiskey and a steak, my favorite dinner. So if you enjoyed the rye whiskey that we did have on here, the Basil Hayden's 10-year rye, I believe that's the only one we've had on the show so far. But if you enjoyed it and you wanted to try more rye whiskeys, here you go. This is our one of our listeners' favorite whiskeys, so I recommend you give it a shot uh, if you seem interested in it. I think at the end, too, I'm just going to run through all of the prices because I have to go to a totally separate website to find those. I'll run through all the Ohio prices at the end. Uh, but that sounds very interesting, so I, I want to try it for sure. I don't know if any of my listeners do. But I am trying to get a little bit more into rye. They're a little bit more difficult when you're new to whiskey. Uh, I actually was turned away from them for a long time because I tried a very not good one. So rye in general can be harsh, but I tried one that was also very inexpensive. And it just was not good. Um, turned me away from rye for a while. So um, I definitely need to expand my horizons a little bit on rye. We might have bullet rye on the show here soon. Um, I don't know. I think it might be on my, my future list, but we just had bullet bourbon uh, and they make a pretty decent rye that I have on my shelf behind me. So if you want to expand yourself into rye a little bit, you want to expand your palate a little bit, Town Branch Rye. It sounds very good. It is 50%, so you might need to be careful with it a little bit, uh, but there you go. There you have it. Uh, moving down the list, we next have Chattanooga Whiskey. This is a straight bourbon whiskey, and it is a Tennessee straight bourbon whiskey. Uh, 91 proof. I actually do have Chattanooga. It's right on the shelf behind me, actually. Uh, and I really like it. I will give my opinion on it, but first let's consult the website. So this is Chattanooga Straight Bourbon Whiskey, uh, specifically Chattanooga 91. It's 91 proof, so they just call it Chattanooga 91. Uh, it says here that it is a Tennessee high malt. So that's interesting because I don't think I've even mentioned like high malt on the show before, but I actually just I just paused because I found a typo on their website. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you about the typo here in a second. But you've got high rye, you've got high uh, wheat or wheated bourbons, and you've also got high malt. So they're saying this has a lot of malted barley in it aside from the corn. Specifically, they do say the mash bill. They don't say the percentage, but they say that it has yellow corn, malted rye, 
caramel malted barley and honey malted barley. So that's very interesting. Um, and I, I haven't had it for a little bit, but I do like this whiskey. I will tell you what the uh, <laughs> typo is because it's staring me right in the face. The proof is 91 proof, uh, but they put next to that 44.5% alcohol by volume, which is not 91 proof. That would be what, 99 or 89 proof, sorry. That would be 89 proof. Uh, and I was wondering if I was losing it. I was like, wait, is that 91 proof? And that's why I paused. Uh, but I looked up on the bottle, and the bottle says 45.5. So it's just a typo. <clears throat> um, now, my personal opinion on this, um, I got a lot of oak from it when I had it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I like a good amount of oakiness every once in a while. So when I mention a bourbon that's pretty oaky, uh, this would fall into that category without a doubt. <clears throat> I like that it is a high malt just because I, I get a lot of weeded bourbons and I get a lot of high rise or I get a lot of bourbons that just don't specify. Uh, so it's neat to try something a little bit different. Uh, and then the notes that I got from it, like I said, woodiness, if I remember correctly, it was the, the deeper notes, similar to maybe a less expensive uh, Four Roses single barrel, where it was kind of like the deeper fruit with the little bit of extra oakiness. Um, so it, I remember very much enjoying it. I was very impressed. It's not an overly expensive bottle. So it's definitely worth trying if you uh, want to try it, if you like those sorts of notes. Or if you've had high rye and you've had weeded and you want to try high malt bourbon. Um, but the little bio that they do give you on it says, made with four grains, including three select specialty malts, uh, so they're including the malted rye as one of the three malts because um, it is malted rye is a malt. But usually when people refer to malt, they're talking about malted barley. That's just kind of a um, what's the word colloquialism, like just a, a thing that people mean by malt. They typically mean malted barley, at least in my experience. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe somebody listening is like, no, they don't. But that's my experience. So made with four grains, including three select specialty malts, the extended seven-day fermentations highlight the rich, complex, high malt character while providing nuanced, fruity complexity. Aged in two different charred and toasted white oak barrels, this combination delivers a balanced, confection-rich barrel character and harmonizes with the malty-rich spirit. Uh, and then it goes on to say how it's finished and the barrels that it uses. Um, but it does mention that it's aged more than two years. So it's just mentioning the minimum to be a straight bourbon, um, to have straight in the name. So it's only aged that minimum. Uh, it does end up saying, looks like at the end, notes of dried apricot, sweet tea, and honeyed toast. Um, and I would say the dried apricot... I think is what I'm thinking when I say the dark fruitiness, although apricots aren't really dark, but that type of fruitiness, sweet tea is definitely interesting. I would need to drink it again and think about sweet tea. Um, but I definitely remember it being oakier than other bourbons that I had had, if I'm recalling correctly. Another very good whiskey, uh, relatively inexpensive. Like I said, I will run through the prices at the end. Um, but if you're trying to get more into the bourbons that we've had on the show, if you liked them and you're trying to get more into bourbons, uh, this is definitely one that you should try. It's relatively newer, if I'm not mistaken. It hasn't been around super long. So I recommend giving it a try because it might be the next big thing. Who knows? You never know what the next Buffalo Trace is going to be. That's what I always try to think about. I'm not saying it's going to be this, but I'm just saying it's possible. Anything is possible. 
This person did just say Chattanooga, by the way. Chattanooga also has a 111-proof version, and they have another version that I haven't had on their website. Let me look here. Oh, bottled and bond version. Cool. So, yeah, the moral of the story is give it a try if you think you're going to enjoy it and you want to expand your bourbon horizons a little bit. Now, what do we have next? I'm going to take a sip of this whiskey and read through the next ones that we have coming up. This Infinity Bottle is pretty solid. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty good. Uh, definitely kind of a dry finish, though, which I'm not a big fan of. But especially when I just had that uh, Glenn Fittick spoil me a couple episodes. Was that the last episode? <clears throat> I think last episode. The next whiskey, I might pronounce this wrong. I didn't look up how to pronounce this. Maybe I should have. I'm going to assume it's Mac Myra, maybe Mac Mira. It's M-A-C-K-M-Y-R-A. This person recommended it, and it. I'm interested. I'm very interested. This is a Swedish whiskey. I have never had a Swedish whiskey before. Um, they didn't mention a specific one if I recall correctly. They just said Mac Myra. So they're, when you go there... To their website, they mention their what do they call them? Their core collection. And it says, Our core range features four recurring editions which unite to deliver a clear representation of the house style. Um, range, the, oh, the range showcases Swedish oak, the Swedish smoky flavor, and illustrates the history of Mac Myra through the, I'm gonna pr- mispronounce this, Brooks Whiskey, Brooks Whiskey, uh, B-R-U-K-S whiskey <laughs> edition. With its lower price, the Mac by Mac Myra is aimed towards a larger audience and the perfect choice for mixing in whiskey cocktails. So I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to find the prices in U.S. dollars. Um, but let's click on the Mac since that's the one for the broader audience. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like what what is this similar to, right? It does say single malt, so it says Swedish single malt. Um, so this is the Mac by Mac Myra, Mac Mira. I have no idea how to pronounce that name. Uh, it says Mac by Mac Myra is an artisanal single malt whiskey made from only Swedish ingredients. Mac is great in cocktails, but also on its own straight or on the rocks. It's flavorful whiskey. It is a flavorful whiskey with a bright, fresh character and notes of vanilla, pear, and citrus. So I thought it said smoky, so I was wondering if it was going to be peated, but I don't see anything about it being peated. But those notes sound a little bit lighter. They sound uh, kind of like either Monkey Shoulder or Glenmorangie, so that's very interesting. The nose, it says, is fruity and elegant with aromas of citrus and pear. It has a soft touch of vanilla oak and a slight spiciness with herbal notes of anise, mint, and vanilla. The taste, it says, the palate is fresh and fruity with a spicy character of pear, citrus, and a soft touch of vanilla oak. They don't say finish, but they say aftertaste. Short with notes of sugar, vanilla, and spiciness. Okay, very interesting. It says that it's 40% alcohol by volume. Um, I don't recall seeing anything about the age. They give you a couple of cocktail recipes that you can use with it, so that's very neat. Well, that's very interesting, to say the least. I'm definitely hooked. Um, I'm going to look all these up, like I said, on OHLQ after this, or at the end, rather, to tell you guys the prices. I'm interested to see if this is available near me, but I have a feeling you have to order it online, and I don't know if it would ship to me or not. I actually haven't ever ordered alcohol online before. It seems like it's getting more and more common every day. 
Uh, I've never done it. And I have no idea like the rules for it. If I can have it shipped to me, I have no idea how that works. Anyhow, moving on to the next one, we have Jameson, and this person said Jameson Double Barrel. I'm guessing you mean Jameson Black Barrel, and I blame myself for you saying Double Barrel because I always mix it up with Johnny Walker Double Black. Uh, so this is like a com- combination of the two, Jameson Black Barrel, Johnny Walker Double Black, Jameson Double Barrel. <laughs> um, but I'm guessing you meant Jameson Black Barrel. We haven't had it on the show. I have mentioned it because I do really enjoy Jameson Black Barrel. Uh so from the Jameson website, it says, I want to see the proof of it too, 40% alcohol by volume. Okay. From the Jameson website, it says, triple distilled, twice charred Irish whiskey. Charring is an age-old method for invigorating barrels to intensify the taste. Jameson Black Barrel is our tribute to our coopers who painstakingly give their bourbon barrels an additional charring to reveal their untold richness and complexity. Because every barrel contains secrets, the trick is coaxing them out. Ooh, very clever little punchline at the end there. They go on to say that the nose is... Oh, okay. It's like a little statement about the nose, not just the the notes. But it says, Time spent maturing in these barrels leads to intensified aromas of butterscotch, fudge, and creamy toffee. For the taste, it says, Nutty notes are in abundance alongside the smooth sweetness of spice and vanilla. And then for the finish, it says, Enjoy the richness and intensity of toasted wood and vanilla. I pretty much agree with everything that I read there. I've mentioned plenty of times that I enjoy uh, Jameson Black Barrel. Um, I like it more as a straight whiskey than I like Jameson. It is a bit more expensive, uh, but I like having Jameson around. I've mentioned because it's easier to mix with things, uh, or I guess it hurts a little bit less to mix it than it does to mix Jameson Black Barrel since it's more expensive. Um, but the light bakery flavors that they mention here sound pretty accurate to me. Uh, and then also the nuttiness, I get nuttiness from normal Jameson as well. So yeah, definitely some nutty notes with vanilla, a little bit of spiciness sounds about right. Uh, overall a good drink. And if you're trying to get more into Irish, I know we haven't had a ton on the show yet. I think Jameson Black Barrel is on our list here relatively soon, if I'm not mistaken. Um, There's definitely another Irish coming up. Maybe I'm mixing it up with a different one. But if you want to expand your horizons on Irish whiskey, uh, I would definitely say to try the Jameson Black Barrel, mainly because it's a good drink. It's also really easily accessible. And then it's also not horribly expensive. Like I said, I'll look up the prices. But I want to say mid to high 30s, which isn't horrendous. Um, so if you're trying to to try some more Irish whiskeys, you think that might be your your favorite type of whiskey, your favorite palate. Um, Jameson Black Barrel, I highly recommend. I love it. My dad also loves it. So if you need you know more opinion than just me, because I love pretty much all whiskeys, <laughs> um, if you want added proof, my dad also loves it. And he's mostly a bourbon drinker, but he really likes Jameson Black Barrel. Very good whiskey once again. I think I've said very good whiskey like a hundred times this episode because the ones that I have had on this list, I like. So you guys had some really good picks so far. There are a couple more. One of them is going to make me sad, which is the next one to talk about. (laughs) Um, But great picks from everybody who uh, submitted one. So once again, thank you guys for submitting them. I'm going to take a quick sip of this whiskey before moving on. Okay. This one makes me sad. I don't normally say who submits stuff because I don't want 
to, I don't want to say somebody's name and them not want me to say their name. So I usually just avoid it altogether. Um, but this person, I'm saying your name because it's Zach. <laughs> Zach actually submitted this one. He is a listener. He's not just on the show. He also listens to it. Um, Zach did submit this one. Uh, he said Van Winkle. He just said Van Winkle. And there are a bunch of Van Winkles. Uh, but... I get where he's coming from because I've had one Van Winkle and that's why this makes me sad is because I haven't had Pappy. Uh, Zach, I'm going to have to have a, a conversation with you about why you have and I haven't. <laughs> uh, but I have had old Rip Van Winkle. I mentioned before, I think that I got it on my honeymoon. Uh, old Rip Van Winkle is basically the lowest Pappy Van Winkle and consequently it's the easiest to find. Uh, and it's a 10 year old bourbon and it's absolutely delicious. Uh, somebody actually just messaged me just last night as of the recording of this show and asked me for my favorite, I think they said bourbon, maybe they just said whiskey that I've had. And I said probably old Rip Van Winkle because it's consequently also the most expensive and it's hard to find. And in that rarity probably gives me some bias. I think it gives all of us some bias when something's harder to find. Uh, it kind of makes you enjoy it more because you finally found it, you know? So when I did finally find it, I very much enjoyed it. It's 107 proof for Old Rip, and I'm astonished reading that because I did not realize it was that high of proof because I remember it having a distinctly smooth finish, uh, especially at that proof. I was on my honeymoon. I was in a very good mood that week because I was on vacation in Florida. It wasn't outside of the country thanks to covid um but florida is still a heck of a lot nicer than ohio so i was enjoying myself that week which might be why i have such fond memories of it but nevertheless delicious i haven't had any of the others but i do want to run through them real quick there's also van winkle special reserve which is 12 years old uh, there's Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve, which is 15 years old. Pappy Van, Van Winkle's Family Reserve, 20 years old. So there's two different Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve, a 15 and a 20. Oh, actually three, sorry. And because the next one is Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve, 23 year, which has to just be outlandishly expensive. I, I don't know, honestly. And then there is Van Winkle Family Reserve Rye, which is 13 years old. All those have, it looks like they each have a different uh, percent alcohol by volume. Um, but they're all bourbons except for the rye, if that wasn't abundantly obvious. And I will run through the prices of them later, but you will most likely never find them for the prices that I'm going to give you because those are the retail prices. And these pretty much exclusively sell on the secondary market for outrageous prices. If you could be so fortunate as to find a Pappy Van Winkle in the liquor store, you absolutely, for retail price, you absolutely should find it. There are, or should buy it. There are some liquor stores that, uh, not in Ohio, that can charge whatever price they want, as far as my understanding of it is, uh, from when I go to a different state and they have all these different prices. Uh, in Ohio, they actually set the price of liquor. So if you can find it in Ohio, buy it. Um, but if you find it anywhere else at retail price, absolutely buy it because it is so hard to come by. If you don't like it, you can send it my way and I'll pay full price for it <laughs> happily. Um, but yeah, my experience was nothing but good with old Rip Van Winkle. I'm sure it's overhyped and I'm sure it tasted a little bit better because it's overhyped, but it was very good without the hype. It was a great whiskey. 
And moving on, last but certainly not least, we have Knob Creek Smoked Maple. Uh, this is actually the only flavored whiskey on this list, and I have had it, and it is very good. Uh, so this is coming from Knob Creek. I think I've mentioned before, but if I haven't, I do like Knob Creek a lot. I have a bottle of Knob Creek, not on the shelf behind me, uh, but I do have a bottle of Knob Creek, probably with the rest of my like bar liquor stuff. I really enjoy Knob Creek. Um, and this is, a, like I said, a flavored variant of it. They uh, say that it is construct Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey with natural flavors. So you can't just call it a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey if you flavor it because uh, it's technically not. So it's a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey with natural flavors. It's kind of their workaround for that. Anyhow, on their website, they say, we blend this bourbon with natural smoked maple flavors for a unique smoky sweetness. 90 proof. The color, it says copper to medium amber. The taste, it says full-bodied, inviting maple notes that lift to smoke and are complemented with rich vanilla and caramel. Aroma, it says smoked hickory and maple wood with hints of earthy grains. And then finish, it says smoky, smooth, and slightly sweet. I just realized how strange it is that they put taste and then aroma and then finish. So they should change that in my opinion. I always do the nose first. <laughs> uh, it is 90 proof if I didn't mention that already. Um, not as a comment, just this one. I have had this one just one time and I remember liking it. But as a comment to all of Knob Creek, I really like Knob Creek. Um, it's kind of pricey, which is the only downside. It's one of those ones that I think is very good and maybe worth exactly as much as they charge for it, but it's probably not like a bargain. Like whenever I've gotten normal Knob Creek, at least, it's not been like, man, this tastes like it should cost more than it does. But it's probably well-priced, and it's a really good bourbon. Um, just the normal Knob Creek is really good. They have all kinds, actually, that I... I have not had. I've had this one, the or the smoked maple, sorry, and then also just the normal Knob Creek. Um, I had the smoked maple. It wasn't mine. It was somebody else's at a party of theirs that I was at. But this is a good one um, if you want to try more flavors because I know we haven't had a lot of flavors on the show, a lot of flavored whiskeys in general. Uh, so if you want to try more flavored whiskeys, we had apple, we had caramel. Um, so now smoked maple, it's kind of a totally different ballgame, way different from salt caramel it's not the same uh, the smokiness definitely gives it a little bit of how do I, I guess I want to say complexity probably uh, not just pure sweetness although it is going to be sweet I mean it's flavored um, and then normal Knob Creek once again if you're expanding that bourbon collection I like Knob Creek I think it's a staple um, in terms of just a, a solid whiskey that you can expect a solid experience from so I, I like Knob Creek as well for sure that is all of the whiskeys that I think were submitted. Let me double check my list in case I missed one. But nope, that was all of them. So I'm going to take a sip of this Infinity bottle once again, which is the, the glass I poured myself is almost gone. And while I do that, I'm going to look up the prices of these, get back to you guys with a review and with the prices. Okay, I am back with all of the prices of all of these whiskeys to give to you guys in case you're wanting to try any of them. I'm going to run through them pretty quickly here so I can get to this Infinity Bottle review if you've been waiting for that. Uh, so first we've got Glenlivet 12-year-old. It is $45 for a fifth of it. I'm going to stick to fifths just because that's the easiest. So 750 milliliters, the normal bottle size that you think of when you think of a bottle of whiskey. 
Next, we've got Town Branch Rye. One thing that I'm not sure of, the only thing I can find on OHLQ is single barrel Town Branch Rye. I'm not sure if there's a non-single barrel version, um, but the Town Branch Rye does say $55, so $54.99 per fifth of it. Chattanooga, uh, this is the 91 because that's the base, whereas the other one is higher proof. The Chattanooga 91 is $35 a bottle and also not very difficult to find in my experience. Next, another one super easy to find. Jameson Black Barrel is $34.99, which is less than I thought it was. I thought it was $36 to $38. I couldn't remember for sure, but $34.99. A uh, really good bottle for that much, but I don't want to advertise too much for him. And then for Pappy Van Winkle, oh, I forgot to mention, I could not find the Swedish one on OHLQ, uh, MacMyra, MacMira. Couldn't find it, um, so I'm not sure how much it costs. Let's just try to do a general Google then. MacMyra. It, it gave it to me in a different currency. Okay, it looks like around $50, between $40 and $50. So uh, they got they have a ton of different whiskeys. They must do a bunch of like craft type whiskeys. Some of them are over two hundred dollars. Some of them are as low as forty dollars. So if you're looking for MacMyra, I think you're gonna have to buy it online if you're in Ohio. But I I know not all of you are in Ohio, obviously. Uh, and then next we've got Old Rip Van Winkle ten year. So I like I said I looked up the most expensive Pappy Van Winkle or what I assume to be the most expensive, the twenty three year. And then this is the cheapest for sure is Old Rip Van Winkle, which is seventy dollars retail for seven hundred fifty milliliters. Pappy Van Winkle twenty three year is three hundred dollars a bottle for the seven hundred fifty milliliter. If you can pay three hundred dollars a bottle for this bottle, you need to buy it because you can definitely resell it for more, <laughs> or sell it to me for more. I'll take it, or sell it to me for three hundred bucks. I'd be super happy. Um, but Pappy Van Winkle, yeah, so anywhere from eighty to three hundred dollars retail, second hand or uh, secondary market, you're going to be paying in the thousands without a doubt. Um, for reference. I want to say the glass of Old Rip that I had, I think it was $40 for the glass. I can't remember for sure, actually. You'd think I would because it's a lot of money for a glass of whiskey. It, was, it might have been 40 or 50 but I remember thinking, eh, it's my honeymoon. I should try it. So so I did. Um, speaking of $40, you could have an entire bottle of Knob Creek Smoked Maple Bourbon Whiskey, which is $36.99 for a fifth. Um <clears throat> So, you know, less than I paid for that glass of old Rip Van Winkle, um, but another very good uh, flavored whiskey without a doubt. Now, the moment that you have all been waiting for, hopefully, my review of this Infinity bottle. So here's what's interesting about it. It is still extremely peaty. Um, I knew it would still have some peat to it. I know it's going to take a long time to kill this um, Laphroaig that we put in here. Um, but you can still really taste it, like pretty prevalently. But it's not nearly as offensive as just a glass of Laphroaig would be. I mean... Like, not even close. Um, if you've ever had Johnny Walker, I know all their recipes vary, but most of them have just a little bit of peated scotch in them or a little bit of, like, a peat flavor to them, from my understanding. And th this kind of has that. This is almost becoming a Johnny Walker, even though there's bourbons and Irish in it and Canadian and all that. Um, this is almost becoming... Uh, like a Johnny Walker type of a flavor. Uh, you get a lot of the nice sweetness on the front end that is kind of just a culmination of the scotches and the bourbons. Um, it's pretty much just 
sweetness. I think they're kind of blending to a point where they're not very complex anymore. I'm not getting a lot of one type of fruit or one type of spice. But there is a good sweetness in the beginning, maybe like a caramel, if I had to pull something specific from it. Uh, and then you get hit with the peat right off the front end. Like right after that's over, you get hit with the peatiness of it. I'm going to take a sip and try to pull some more specific notes, but that's my impression of it so far. Yeah, I'm having trouble pulling like a specific fruitiness from it. It's almost like each of the flavors, the fruitiness, the spiciness, uh, the peat is just the peat, but the fruitiness, the spiciness, the bakeriness, all of those don't really have like specific notes anymore. At least it doesn't seem like it. Maybe I need to sit down with this a bit longer and we for sure will once we get the thing full, that'll be awesome. But they don't have like a specific, uh, like note from that category. It's more like you can just kind of taste the categories, not very bakery like though um so to get a little bit more specific it doesn't just taste like whiskey obviously right so the beginning is kind of the pale type of sweetness that i would expect from like a scotch or an irish or barley based um but i guess with the spiciness it has a little bit of heat to it i would compare this the most more than those to like a rye so it doesn't have much of a corn flavor which is surprising from the amount of bourbons that we've had um, but it doesn't have that like corn bakery sweetness um, and then that is like i said followed by that peatiness which kind of still overpowers a lot of the finish i'm still just getting a lot of the peat it's going to be interesting to see how long it takes to get rid of it um, maybe we'll have to make a second infinity bottle that doesn't have the Lafroig in it. I don't know, but at any rate, it's, it's still good. I like the, how do I want to put this? I like the flavorfulness of it, but it just doesn't have the complexity where those flavors are delivered individually, where it's like this, then this, then this. It's more just like all of these flavors at once. Um, but once again, this is just an experiment. This is just for fun. Uh, if you guys made your own at home, I'm interested to see what you think about it too. But overall, not bad, not, not bad at all. I mean, better than some whiskeys that I've had off of the shelf. So can't be mad about that. But that concludes this episode. So I hope that those of you uh, who didn't submit a favorite whiskey, who are looking for more whiskeys, maybe you don't have a favorite picked out yet that we didn't have on the show, I hope that you found one today uh, from this list that you think, man, that might be the one that I like, and you can go out there and try it. Especially a lot of these were not overly expensive except the Pappy Van Winkle. So um, I definitely want to try the Swedish one moving forward. No promises it'll be on the show because it's probably going to be hard to get my hands on. Uh, but hopefully you heard one that actually piqued your interest. Even if you submitted one, maybe you heard a different one that piqued your interest, I hope. Uh, but those are all the ones that were submitted. Once again, thank you to everybody who submitted a whiskey. I know it was kind of short notice. I only put it on my story two different times over the course of the past week. Um, so I appreciate everybody who saw that and responded to it. Uh, but that's all that we got for the show today. So as always, do not forget, learn to drink, drink to learn. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, please make sure that you tell anyone you know who you think would be interested in the hobby or in the podcast. That way we can help to spread the word and continue to grow. Please also make sure to review the show on Apple Podcasts and share our posts on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs or on TikTok at whiskey noobs podcast. Uh, it only takes a couple of minutes and it really does a lot to help spread the word and grow the podcast. Also, there is an email list for the show. If you'd like to join, you can just send an email to whiskey 
whiskeynoobspodcast at gmail.com and in the subject line put email list. I will add you to the list and then you'll be updated every month with the whiskeys that we will be drinking on the show throughout the month. That way you can drink right along with us and see if you're getting the same notes. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the show. The Whiskey Noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol.